1430 and Talk 96.7 present Ask the Preacher with your host, Jonathan Freed. This is a call-in talk show where you can have your Bible questions answered. And it's sponsored by Believer's Fellowship Church. God had mercy on me, on me. God had mercy on me. Believer's Fellowship Church is located in North Lakeland on North Socrum Loop Road. Hey out there, Lakeland. This is Jonathan Alagado coming in, filling in for Pastor John Freed, who is attending uh, the Lakeland City Commission debate. So if you guys haven't heard about that, there is currently tonight a uh, Lakeland City Commission debate going on at Cleveland Heights Golf Course. You can also find it at lakelandnow.com. They're streaming it live. So I've been given the pleasure and the honor for filling in for the man of God. So I'd like to talk to you guys tonight you know, about the atmosphere of, of let's say, Lakeland, Polk County, Florida, the nation, the world. Um, all we hear nowadays is fear and calamity and, and disaster and you better prepare. What are you going to do? Now, I, I do agree that, that preparation should be made as, as in past generations, preparation should always be, be, be on the forefront. You know, consider the ant, the Bible says. So, but what I would like to to come against is this constant, constant, constant barrage of of negativity and doubt, um, because it's not healthy. It is it is clearly not for you. It is not healthy for you, and uh, I'd like to give you some Bible evidence of of what your words say, because your confession about your situation has all. The, the world to do with what you get. Uh, basically, your confession brings possession. And I would like to start out in the book of Numbers, chapter 13. It's a familiar story, if you, if you read your Bible, about the 12 spies. Uh, God had promised Israel a land that was their own. They had just come from, from Egypt. God did miraculous things by bringing them out of Egypt, and he had promised them a land of their own. And in Numbers chapter 13 and verse 1, it says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving them to the children of Israel. And from each tribe of their fathers you shall send one man, every one a leader, of, a leader among them. Now that's great. Boom. Okay, so if, if you're not really familiar with this story, I'll give you the condensed version. So 12 men go out, and they go out to, to the north of the land, the south of the land, the east of the land, and the west. And they see all the people that dwell in this country, you know, different peoples, different tribes. And Moses, on, on his commission to them, says, go spy it out, look at the cities, what, what are the cities like, what are the people like, and bring back some of the fruit. Good, great. So they come back, and they bring back, you know, the fruit. And, and the Bible says that they had a cluster of grapes so large that they had to carry it between two men on a pole. I mean, I've never seen a cluster of grapes this big. Uh, um, I don't know if you have, but I can imagine that this is just a, a taste of the fruitfulness of the land. 
And it also says they, they brought back figs and pomegranates. So if we fast forward to, to verse 26, it says, Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron. And all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them to all the congregation, and they showed them the fruit of the land. Okay, so here it is. They're back, and they're, they're addressing the people. They see the people, and they're saying, hey, we've been to the land. We've spied it out, and indeed it does. It is prosperous, and here's the fruit. In verse 27, he says, Then they told Moses and said, We went to the land where you sent us, and it truly does flow with milk and honey. And look, this is the fruit. And in verse 28, it says, Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amicalites dwell in the land to the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. So that's that is so this is what they're saying. We've been there, we've seen the land, we know that God has commissioned us and given us the victory. We know that it's it's the promised land and and, and God has brought us out of Egypt to put us there. He's even promised to give it to us, but we don't we can't take it. We've seen the circumstances, we've heard the murmuring, we've seen, you know, the people in the land, that they are greater than us, the cities are, are fortified and strong, and I, 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 I promote to you, they're looking at themselves. You know, they're not looking at the promise of God. They're looking to, to their own ability in, in how they're supposed to bring the promises of God to themselves which, friends, I want to tell you, is never going to work. Never going to work. You do not obtain the promises of God by, by promoting yourself and trying to do it in your own. If I'm good enough, if, if, I, if I do this enough, or if I do this enough, then, then, then I'll get the promises of God. No, the promises of God are yours by simple faith in Jesus Christ. Nothing more, nothing less. So as we move on here, we're going to move on. The Amicalites, verse 29. I'm sorry, let's verse 30. So the 10 spies have, have said what they've said. They've given their majority report. And just to recap, let's, let's look at this majority report from the 10. Remember, there's a total of 12 that went into the land. So the majority, the 10, this is their report. Number one, it is a great land. It is prosperous. You know, the, the fruitfulness of the land is great. The walls are strong, and, and there's giants in the land. But number two, we are not able to take it. We cannot take these people. We are not able in ourselves. So verse 30, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. See that? You see, one man Verses the 10, he said, hold on, wait a minute. God has already promised us these things. He has already given us his word that we can take this land. Now, I'd like to take that example and fast forward a little bit here. Uh, if God's told us something, then we can take it to heart. We can take it to the bank, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what it looks like to the senses because, remember, 
The just live by faith. The just live by faith. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what the circumstances say. If you just take it down to the wire a little bit, God will prove himself faithful to you. So I encourage you. What has God promised you? What does the word say? What does the word say? Not what does the doctor say? Not what does the news say? Depending on who you're watching. What does the word say? If God says you're healed and the doctor says you're not, well, I don't have a problem with doctors, but I would, I would challenge you. Whose report will you believe? Whose report will you believe? Will you believe the report of the doctor who has, has physical at his disposal? Or would you believe the, the Lord who made your body, who knows your body, you know, he has the power to restore everything that's gone wrong in your body or that seems to be failing at the moment. So I challenge you to take God at his word at face value. Though it may look dire, though it may look bleak, you can, you can do it. You can believe him. So verse 31, after Caleb had said, wait a minute, we're well able to overcome this. Let's go in right away. I like this guy. He said, hey, let's not waste any time. God has already given us the promise. Let's go for it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not well able to go up against these people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out. And the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. Hmm. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Enoch. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in theirs. So just to recap here, the, the twofold majority report of the majority was great land, but we're not able to take it. But look at, there's two other men. Remember, there was 12. There was two other, Joshua and Caleb. And their twofold minority report, the minority report was, we agree with the report concerning the fruitfulness of the land, the strength of the cities, and the size of the people in the cities. However, Moses, however, Israel, we disagree with the report regarding our inability to go up against these people who are not in covenant with Jehovah. And seeing that as we disagree with the naysayers and we agree with God, let us go up immediately and possess the land, for we are well able to do it, for God has given us his word. The final conclusion of their faith is, we are well able to do it, what God has said. We are well able to do what God has said, regardless of the circumstance or how it appears to our senses. If God says that we should possess the land, then that's what we should do. Amen. Amen. I hope you believe that. I hope you take that to heart. Because God is for you. He's not against you. And if you would just take his word to heart and focus on it and meditate on it, because you know, it really matters what you're looking at and listening to every day. Because what you listen to and what you look at every day eventually overtakes you. And then it starts to come out of your mouth. 
and your confession brings your possession. So I, I encourage you to get in the word of God and find out what it says. Find out what's yours. Because if you, if you, if you honestly check yourself, you'll see that God is for me. God is for me. He's not against me. He's for me. And he's given me everything in Christ Jesus. You know, as a young man, I was, I was so lost in the world, and I didn't even know it. I didn't even know that I was lost. I was just functioning in a, in a, in a depraved nature. So, you know, the thing is that if you'll give God a chance, he can resurrect your life and redeem everything that you've messed up. There's nothing too big for him. He's God. I mean, think about it. He made the universe. Now, there may be some people that deny that, but honestly, folks, the Bible says that only a fool says in their heart, there is no God. You know, I don't believe I'm a mistake. I hope you don't believe you're a mistake. I believe God designed you with a purpose and designed you for a purpose. And it's now. And it's here. So we're up against the break. We'll be right back. I hope you join me. You can call in uh, 682-1430. Come on back, guys. Welcome back to Ask the Preacher, a call-in talk show where you can have your Bible questions answered with Jonathan Freed. This program is sponsored by Believer's Fellowship Church. Hey, guys. Welcome on back. Appreciate you listening in. Uh, just to catch you up, we're talking about the great, great story of, of the land that the Lord sent the spies in to look out and check on, and then and, and the majority came back and said, Nah, we can't do it, even though God's promised us. And the two said, Wait a minute. If God has told us, if God is for us, then who be against us? Let's go up right away. Let's do it. So we left off in, in verse 33 of the 13th chapter of Numbers. It says, There we saw the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. Now we can take that very, let's listen to that statement for a second. There we saw giants. But it didn't say, you know, we were like grasshoppers in their sight. No, it said we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And therefore, we were like grasshoppers in their sight. So obviously they must have walked, walked among them. But they, when they saw the stature and the physical you know, presence of these giants, they cowered in their heart. They didn't concern what God had said. They concerned their physical ability and how able were they to do it. You know, that's, that's, that is the, the, the enemy of faith. You know, I heard Charles Capps say one time that faith comes by hearing. Either way, faith is coming. Faith for what the enemy has for you or faith for what the Father has for you. But either way, Faith is coming. We look at these two spies that held fast to their confession. They remained steadfast to their confession. And their confession was, we are well able. And eventually, they entered the promised land, though it took 40 years. Now, think about that. Think about that. They didn't say, you know, let's say on a, on a Sunday morning, they went into the land. They spied it. They came back on a Monday and said, hey, Moses, yeah, we can do it. Let's, let's go ahead and take it. And then on, on, on Tuesday, they were in the land. No, guys, this was a 40-year fight of faith that they stood under. And in the Bible, we don't see all the, all the ins and outs of it, but you have to remember, they lived with the same people that were going to stone them 
you know, the, the people got so mad that they rose up to stone them because they agreed with God and the majority didn't. And, and for 40 years, they heard people say no, and they heard, you know, people grow up saying no, and it was just a culture around the camp. I suppose that God had this land for us, but, but he tricked us. You know, he's, he's Jehovah trickster. He pulled, the, he pulled the carpet out from underneath our feet. He promised us this land, and then he's going to send us up against giants. We couldn't do that. You know, what were these guys thinking? And, and, and can you relate to that in your own life? Have you been believing God for something? And you hear all the people around you saying, well, brother, you're never going to get that. You might as well lower your standard. You might as well lower your faith. I encourage you, you know, come against that in a nice, loving manner. Say, hey, man, you know, I hear you, bro, but I, I can't hook up with you on that. I, I believe God. I trust God. If God says that I'm healed, then I'm healed. And if God says that I'm well, then I'm well. And if the Lord said that no, no pestilence shall come nigh my dwelling and, and I shall drink any deadly thing and it shall not hurt me. You know, I'm great. No, I'm not concerned about coronavirus, man. I've got the Lord and he and he he'll help me. You know, I just that and some people might not like that, but I'm I don't apologize for it. God is for you and he is big enough and he is strong enough to defend you if you will put your trust in him. Just put your trust in him. That's all you need to do. Remember, Jesus said, didn't I tell you that if you'd believe that you'd see the kingdom of God? You'll see. So we see that these spies, you know, Joshua and Caleb, they eventually got what they were confessing. They confessed, we are well able. And, 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 you know, in the book of Numbers, or the book of, I'm sorry, yeah, the later on the book of Numbers, we see that Caleb got his mountain. He said, hey, I was 40 then when we spied the land. I'm 85 now, and I'm just able, I'm well able to go up against it now. Give me my mountain. I'm still here. I'm still here believing God through all the naysay and all the melee. I'm still here trusting in what God said to me. And finally, I'm sorry, it was in the book of Joshua. I stand corrected. It was in the book of Joshua where if Caleb finally got his mountain and, and he, he believed God down to the wire. Revelation chapter 11, verse, verse 22, or I'm sorry, Revelation chapter 11, verse 12, says that, you know, they overcame by three things, the blood of the lamb, the word of the testimony, and they loved not their life unto the death. So, come on back, guys. We've got this story to finish out, and there's more to come. Again, the number is 682-1430. You're listening to Ask the Preacher. You're listening to Ask the Preacher with Jonathan Freed, a call-in talk show where you can have your Bible questions answered. It's sponsored by Believer's Fellowship Church. Hey guys, welcome back. My name is not Jonathan Freed. However, he is the main host of the show. I'm filling in for, for Pastor John tonight. My name is Jonathan Alligato. Uh, Pastor John is currently at the City Commissioner's Debate at uh, Cleveland's Height, Cleveland Height Golf Course. So uh, if you're tuning in, you can watch on Lakeland Now. Gov, or you can listen in to me right now, and we'll talk about the things of God and His faithfulness. So if you're just tuning in, I'd like to catch you up. Or we're talking about the land of Israel and the 12 spies that went in and the reports, the differing, you know, uh, con- contradictory reports that came out of this, of this spying. Ten said that we can't do it, even though God has said we could. And then two said we can do it, because God has said we could do it. 
So Israel, we find they had more faith in the enemy than they had faith in the promises of God. And we know this. Well, how do we know this? Because of their confession. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, the Bible says. So the fear that was in their heart came out of their mouth. And all that, do, all that did was perpetuate more fear throughout the culture, throughout the, throughout the, the nation, you know. So I, I'd like to say that again. They had more faith in the plan of the enemy, in the ability of the enemy, than they did in the promise of God. You know, faith is, is, is believing that something will come to pass. But you know what fear is? Fear is believing that something will come to pass. Faith and fear are the same thing. It's just in which direction. Are you putting your faith in God? Are you putting your faith in the world that the world can overcome you? Because I'd like to remind you, friends, the just shall live by faith. You know, this, this, this faith isn't a magic thing that we use like an ATM machine to get things we want. You know, it's a lifestyle. It's an everyday waking up till I go to bed. I'm living by faith because my mind is continually being renewed by God's word and by listening to him and, and pouring in. You know, the old saying is garbage in, garbage out. Well, if I put good in, then I'm going to get good out. That's, that's just a fact. So fear, however is faith in the enemy and, and, and his power to overcome. But, but I want to remind you, saints, I want to remind you there's good news. And this is the gospel. The gospel is that the enemy has been vanquished. The enemy is no more. He has no more power. All his teeth have been knocked out. You know, he's got a lot of bark and no bite. So, so I, I, want to, I want to encourage you, saints. I want to encourage you, believers, to stand your ground on the promises of God and don't let loose of them. Hold fast to your confession. Hold fast to it. Because if, if you're afraid of something, that, that something bad is going to happen to you, then, then you're putting faith in the devil's ability to hinder you rather than putting your faith in God's ability to, to put you over and to, to help you conquer. Now, that's, that's, a, that's a straight up statement. And sadly enough, I hear a lot of people that, that profess to be believers in Christ Jesus and walking with him, they constantly speak doubt, fear, and unbelief, and, and my heart grieves for them. And some of them, they'll receive, you know, me talking to them and saying, hey, brother, come on, man, change what you're saying. You want something good, then, then say it. And some of them won't. I can't change that. But I'd like to tell you, whatever's coming out of your mouth, your words have, no, have, have a greater effect in your life than anybody else's because your brain knows what your voice sounds like. And whatever you constantly say is what your brain is going to pick up. So remember, 97% of your nerves are connected some way, somehow to your ears and your mouth. 97% of your nerves in your body are connected to your speech center. That's amazing. And I don't think that's on accident because God created with his mouth and he, he gave the, the ability to, to create with uh, words to humans, to man. You know, I was telling this story at church the other night at Wednesday. When I was a little boy, I didn't know of these principles. I didn't know these things. And God bless my grandma. She, she's in heaven with Jesus. Hallelujah. 
But when I was being raised by her, she was the most negative person that I ever I had ever knew in my life. And she constantly spoke about what was wrong and about her health and how it wasn't getting better. And she constantly spoke how she never had enough. And you know what, folks? For her whole life, she always was sick. And for her whole life, she was always lacking. So I ask you, what are you saying? What are you, what is your confession? What are you holding fast to? Because I'd like to say, don't speak what you see. Don't speak what it looks like. Remember the system that God has set up. He tells us in Romans chapter 4 and verse 17 that he is a God that calls those things that be not as though they were. And if that's the case, then we can say that the, the antonym is he calls those things that are not as though they were, and he calls those things that are as though they were not. So what are you holding fast to? Because many people have missed it because the confession that, they're, that they keep talking about is actually a confession of agreement with the enemy. We are not well able, just like Israel saying, we're not well able, we can't do it. But if we call ourselves believers, if we call ourselves Christians, then our confession should agree with the Word of God. What does the Word say? That's a good question to ask yourself when you come up against a situation that you can't readily you know, decide on, or every situation for that matter. Ask yourself, what does the Word say? And find out what God says about it. Find out what His opinion is about it. Because honestly, folks, His opinion is truth. You know, our opinion is just opinion, but if he's the creator of the universe and he is omnipotent, all-knowing, then his opinion is not an opinion at all. As a matter of fact, it's truth. What does the word say? That's what I say, or that's what you say. Any confession that doesn't agree with his word is a confession of agreement with the enemy, and therefore you give power to the enemy. I'm reminded of a story um, that I heard a man say one time, and it was called Run to the Roar. And it, he, he, he denoted the way that lions hunt on the Serengeti. Uh, the male lion, which, which had the more boisterous vocal cords, uh, would sit, on, sit to the south downstream. And he would roar upstream. Well, any, any grazing animals, when they hear this roar, obviously their instinct is to what? Run from the roar. Well, little do they know, north of the roar is a waiting pack of female hunting lions. They're waiting for them to ambush them. So the man began to say, this is how the enemy works. He'll, he'll roar. He'll, he'll, he'll tar- start to flap his gums and start to speak lies and, in hopes that you will trap your own self. Because here's the fact. Remember, he's been defeated. He's been vanquished by the blood of Jesus Christ and the, and the power of his resurrection. You know, the devil has no power except for the power that we give him. You know, the devil is defeated. This is true. But if we exalt him with our words and with our doubt, then he's not defeated in our life. So I challenge you, go against what the, then the negative thoughts that would come into your mind. Stand against them and hold fast to your confession. Hold fast. Because the confession of your mouth, even after you've prayed in agreement with the word, it will determine whether you receive the promise or not. And I'm going to say that again. The confession of your mouth, even after you have prayed in agreement with the word of God, will determine whether you receive the promise of God or not. Because you prayed last week in faith about this thing, 
And then all of a sudden, for two weeks now, you've been talking doubt, fear, and unbelief. Well, honestly, folks, we've talked ourselves out of the promise of God. But if we'll stand fast to the promise and we'll take it seriously and we'll watch what we say consistently, we will see the promises of God come into our life. I remind you of Joshua and Caleb. The Israelites said, we're not well able, and they never got in. Joshua and Caleb said, we are well able, and they got in. So, what are you saying? What are you constantly confessing? Well, it's that time again. We're up against these breaks. You know, these things come so fast when time's flying. So, come on back. 682-1430. Welcome back to Ask the Preacher a call-in talk show where you can have your Bible questions answered with Jonathan Freed. This program is sponsored by Believer's Fellowship Church. Hey guys, welcome back. My name is Jonathan Alagado, filling in for the great John Freed, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, I wouldn't say unfortunately, but uh, he's, he's tonight he's at the Lakeland City Commission debate. You know, I'm interested to watch that and see what's going on in my local politics because... Uh, Truth of the matter is, guys, that far few people vote, you know, and then we're left to sit in the results of, of, of the minorities voting. So I remind you, quick little plug here, get out and vote. You know, if it really matters to you, if it matters, your city matters to you, get out there and vote. You know, let's get some good things rolling here. Hallelujah. So just to catch you up, we're talking about our confession and how it, important it is to our life and and the words that we constantly speak, how it frames our life. You know, I heard the great uh, Wayne Freed say that your words locate your life. You can listen to a person talk for 10 minutes and they will tell you where exactly they are in life. And you won't even have to ask any questions. They'll tell you where they are. So praise God. Let's, let's, let's agree with God. Let's agree with what he said. You know, because your confession is so vital to not only your life, but your prayer life and your communion, your confession after you've prayed, you know, if you've prayed in faith for healing or finance and then the doctor's report comes back bad or, you know, the bank account comes back bad, even after you've prayed and you, you line your confession up with the negative and with the doubt, then I'm sorry to say, folks, the truth of the matter is that you've just owned it. You've just bound yourself to that problem. You've just sided with the problem. So your confession after you've prayed will bind you to your problem or release release you from it. Because here's the cold, hard truth. The truth is that the problem is yours, and God will let you keep it if you want it. Truth is, I'm going to say that again. The truth is that the problem is yours and God will let you keep it if you want it. So learn to speak the answer to the problem. Don't speak the problem. Speak the answer to the problem. Find out what God says about your situation and make that your daily confession. Write it down on an index card. Put it on your speedometer. Put it on your bathroom mirror. Put it somewhere where your eyes are going to hit it every single day and you begin to renew your mind with the Word of God. You know, good stuff in, good stuff out. Garbage in, garbage out. 
and learn to, to, to speak up for yourself when, when people would call you sick or call you lack, lacking or call you whatever, you know, something that goes against God's word in your life. I can't line up with that, man. I'm sorry. But this is what God says about me, and I choose to agree with God because you are the one that will determine the outcome, and you will proclaim it by faith. You are the one that will determine the outcome and proclaim it by faith. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to blab it and grab it. You know, that's the old saying in in the charismatic move, blab it and grab it word of faith preachers, but here's the facts. I'm not I'm not saying it to make it happen. I am claiming it because it already has happened. Jesus Christ has given me the victory over all the power of the enemy. And and I'm not saying it so that it comes to pass in my life, it already is available for me. Therefore, I will declare it and I will blast my trumpet. I'll stand high on that hill that Christ has given me and I'll wave his banner. And people look at Christians, you know, that are victorious and they wonder how. And it's nobody, nobody's more special than anybody. Christ is not a a respecter of any person. But if you'll learn to work the word of God, the word of God will work for you. Anybody, anybody can get a hold of this Bible and, 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 and put, a, put a pull on it, and God would love to go to work on your behalf. You know, he says that in Second Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 9. He says that the eyes of the Lord go to and fro across the earth, eagerly looking for people whose heart has agreed with him so that he can go to work on their behalf. I don't know about you guys. But that's good news to me because that tells me that God is, 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 is looking for somebody to bless, somebody to help, somebody to come alongside and help pull and carry the load. He's, he's yearning to help you, saint. So I ask you, change your confession. You know, if it's good, keep on going. But if it's down in the dumps and it's negative, let's pick it up. Let's pick it up. Let's change what we're saying Let's learn to speak the answer to our problem, and let's learn God's system. You know, God has set a system in place, and we talked about it earlier. In Romans 4.17, God calls the things that are not as though they were, and the things that are as though they were not. Because, you know, if God has given us a tongue, then, then he's, he's given us a purpose for it. Now, the tongue in its, in its unregenerate state is an evil thing. You know, it tells us that in James chapter 3, that the tongue is a wicked evil when left to, its, to itself. But if you've been born again, you know, if, if the Holy Spirit has recreated your nature now, you've been given the creative ability of God, and you can harness your mouth. You can say what God says. You don't have to constantly speak negative. You can learn to say, you know, what God says, because the fact is that your words are the final authority in your life not God's word. I'm going to say that again because that jars most of our religious thinking that we've been we've been, you know, not trained, but we've just we've just lived there that God's word is the final authority. Amen, brother. But here's the facts. Your words are the final authority in your life, not God's word. Now, it depends on what are you going to line up with? What confession are you going to line up with because your words steal your life? Your words steer your life. James 3 says that the ship, you know, the rudder of a ship steers this huge, large ship. Well, that's your tongue. Your tongue steers your life. The things you say are what you eventually believe. 
and what you believe eventually will come to pass. Because remember, what did Israel say? We are not well able, and we see Israel did not enter into the land. But Joshua and Caleb said, we are well able, and they held fast to the confession. They held fast to the promise of God, and they got into the land. The things that you continually speak will consume your life. Remember that, guys. I just want to encourage you, you know, with all this fear and all this doubt and unbelief going and, and, and you know, the world condition the way it is, I want to encourage you, saints, to lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes to the hills where your help comes from and restore a renewed sense of faith in God and His promises towards you because He has your best interest at heart. Remember that. He's not left you helpless. You've just got to put a demand on it and agree with what he said. That's the biggest thing. Remember, Jesus said, New Covenant Law, only believe. Believe. Don't look at your circumstance and judge God's love for you. Because you can in no way judge God's love for you based on what you see and how you feel. Because they're two different metrics. God says, I've loved you. I love you. I'm for you. Get in my word and see what I have to say about your situation. So ask yourself, what does the word say about my prosperity? What does the word say about my health? What does the word say, you know, about my situation particularly? And let's go into that. You know, I I honor you guys. I thank you so much for the opportunity to speak into your lives. My name is Jonathan Alagado. Again, standing in for Pastor John Freed from Believers Fellowship Church. We've got services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. on Sundays, 7 p.m. on Wednesday nights. Love to speak with you guys. See you later.